welcome to the Dashboard Effect Podcast. I'm Brick Thompson. And I'm Caleb Oaks. How's it going, Caleb? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, too. Thank you. So today we're going to be talking about Azure Synapse. Um, this is, uh, I guess, a, you, could, you could refer to it as branding, but it's sort of how Microsoft has packaged all of their BI and machine learning and AI into uh, a set of tools under the name, under the flag Synapse. Mm-hmm. Yep. Technically, they call it Azure Synapse Analytics, but, you know, for sake of simplicity, we'll call it Synapse. All right. Appreciate that. Okay. So there's a lot of pieces here, and I was thinking today we could just spend a few minutes talking about them so that people could be familiar what's in there. Where do you you think we should start? Well, maybe just a a high-level overview about what Azure Synapse Analytics is or Synapse. Um, So you're right. You, You touched on it briefly. You know, it's a... it's a place where all of Microsoft's Azure BI, all is probably not the right word, but most of it, a lot of the key pieces, um, they tried to package up and put into a single place. So you have a unified experience of, you know, doing your data ingestion, preparing data, doing data warehousing, um, data integration, big data, AI, ML, all that stuff can happen in one um, through one pane of glass, like one workspace, really. Um, it's It seems to be becoming pretty popular. Um, we we started using it a long time ago um, before, well, it technically wasn't Synapse then, but right. um, some of the some of the components we used and, you know, then, then Microsoft packaged it all up. You can even put Power BI reports directly in there so you can link to a workspace. It's pretty sweet. Um, but lots of, lots of different things that you can do with it. Uh, Microsoft's goal was to, like I said, package that up. Yeah, yeah, just make it easier for people to understand what goes with what and, and use all those tools. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Yeah. That's that's a great description. And you, when you say we were using it before, we were using it before it was called Synapse, right? Is that what you meant? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you kind of get into some technicality there, but a lot of the components um, aren't necessarily new right. as part of Synapse. They're just put into a, a centralized location. So yeah. we were using the components before Synapse. Gotcha. Okay, good. All right. What do you think is a good place to start and talking about the different main pieces in Synapse? And I know we could go really deep and detailed here, but we'll try to cover sort of the, the main ones. Yeah. So maybe we just start with, you know, some of the standard things that, that people might recognize in terms of a BI system, like a data warehouse and um, ETL and reports. Okay, good. All right. All right. So so inside of Synapse, um, there's a – this is where it gets a little bit interesting and why I think this is a good podcast to do because um, when you're talking Synapse, there's a bunch of different ways you can store your data and actually query it and explore it and even report on it. Um, when you talk about a data warehouse – that technology, if you're going to use a Synapse technology, is going to be a dedicated SQL pool. So it's actually a database technology. It's massive parallel processing. So it has 60 databases behind it in the in the back end in the technical terms. And um, what you do when you stand that thing up is you get to tell Synapse where and how to store the data. So it's it's really useful. It gives you all the control you could ever need. Um, and it allows you to to process, as you can imagine, huge amounts of data really quickly, um, where dedicated SQL pool kind of falls down. And something to consider when you're making these decisions is it's not great at quick read and writes. So if you're trying to read one row or write one one row 
for example, or just very small amounts of rows, it's not great at that. It's better at big chunks of data. So it's really good at data warehousing because typically you're processing larger chunks of data. Uh, but that's what you would use, dedicated SQL pool. Okay. So, yeah. So when you're referring to writing or reading one row, that's usually typically in a transaction, transactional system, not an analytics system. And so this is definitely built for purpose for analytics. If you were going to build a database behind an application that you were building, something like that, um, then you might use something else. Right. Exactly. Okay, great. And when you said uh, you choose your location, are you talking um, conceptually within the structure of the uh, SQL pool, or are you talking about geographically? Oh, that's a good that's a good point. So you can do both. Um, within the structure is what I meant. So okay. you can you can tell you know, based on how you set up your tables how the data is going to be par- partitioned across those sixty worker databases. Gotcha. Okay, great. Okay, so that's obviously a huge foundational piece. What else? Um, so how you get data in to a data warehouse or the data lake inside of Synapse uh, is another big piece. Um, these Synapse pipelines, it's essentially Azure Data Factory. Um, some minor nuances, so it's not technically exactly the same, but it's very similar. So um, it's a way for you to connect to your data sources. I think they have 90, 95 connectors to um, to sources that they've pre-built. So you could do some low slash no code stuff with these Synapse pipelines. Um, And then that's going to give you a way to move data, do some sort of transformations on it. You can call like spark pools or or scripts or run store procedures inside of your dedicated SQL pool, Um, essentially orchestrate your data movement and processing with Synapse pipelines. Okay. So, uh, if they don't have a connector, though, you're you're doing all those things that you were just mentioning to connect um, uh, the no code. Have we used that? How are we feeling about that? Have we gotten some good results there or low code? I guess. Yeah, we've we've used some of their connectors before. I mean, it works pretty well. Uh, typically, inside of this is where and this is another interesting point about those pipelines is that when they say no code. Everything in these pipelines is built on a, a JSON file. So you could go code these. And matter of fact, back a few years ago, before Azure Data Factory version 2, V1, you did have to write some of this JSON code. Oh, okay. It actually was a huge pain. But um, so they've kind of made that into a more user friendly UI. Um, you, so you don't actually have to go technically write the code. You can if you want. Um, but uh, it it does give you that graphical user interface, so you can pull something on, you can change some variables. It gives you a lot of flexibility um, without having to to write that raw JSON. So we have, I guess, we have used it, and we do, we do use it. Okay, great. Um, as you were explaining that, you were talking about moving data into the data warehouse, the you know the the SQL pool or a data lake. Do you want to cover data lake and Synapse real quick? Yeah, data lake is you know it's a fancy term for basically file storage <laughs> <laughs> we've, can, we've covered this in another podcast yeah. But yeah you can drop whatever you want in there you know it's just a place to store raw data the the whole reason why data lakes caught on was it's a place to unify your all your various sources in one location for people like analysts data scientists data engineers to be able to 
do things with that data. So you just dump raw data there and then you should process it further down the line and whatever you're using. So inside of Synapse, you can connect a data lake to it. Yep. Okay, great. All right. What's the next uh, major piece we should talk about? Uh, so let's see. We talked about the data warehouse, dedicated SQL pool, data lake, uh, Synapse pipelines. Uh, this is very closely related to the data lake, uh, but Synapse allows you to query your data lake. So think, let's just think about, you know, file storage. Let's say you just have a bunch of CSVs on your local computer. How do you see what's in there without having to just go open them? Yeah, right. right. It's not, that's not actually an easy answer. No. So <laughs> you go open them with Excel. <laughs> right, right. So what Synapse does is it gives you this thing they call serverless SQL, which will allow you to write a SQL statement against your files. So you could say select these columns from this CSV and it'll pull back the contents. And you can tell us, you can point that at a group of CSVs, I'm assuming, that have similar column structures. Yeah, I, I would imagine. I'm actually not totally sure on that. <laughs> okay. All right. But, you know, it's a way it's a way for you to query your, your raw data in that lake. Um, so you, you can think about what that means, right? So you can write those queries, but then you can also use those queries in other analytical processes. So you could either use it to select data and do some machine learning on it. You could use it to pull data out and stick it into Power BI. Uh, you could do those types of things with that functionality. Service, serverless SQL is fantastic. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, what's next? All right, uh, let's talk about Spark a little bit. You okay. know, this isn't something that we use very often, but um, for larger data workloads, you can spin up Spark clusters inside of Synapse and run Spark notebooks. So uh, more data processing and data engineering stuff, but it allows you to process large amounts of data. Um, Spark is an in-memory engine that allows you to, to do some heavy data processing quickly. Um, so super scalable, allows you to run those things, makes it makes it nice and easy. You can have all your notebooks and inside of the Synapse workspace. And um, the other great thing that as I'm thinking about it, I'm just going to say it, the, um, you can connect GitHub to your GitHub repos to Synapse so that um, as you're inside of the Synapse environment uh, and making changes, you can you know store that in version control. Oh, that's, nice. that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. How about analysis services? So, you know, tabular cubes, that type of thing. Uh, now, I think, I'm actually not totally sure if Azure analysis services is is technically part of Synapse. Um, I know that Azure SQL Database, for example, is not. Like, it's not technically part of that ecosystem. Um, and I'm, I'm, so I'm not sure about analysis services. I think the thing that's that's very close to it is Power BI data sets. Yeah. So... Basically replacing analysis services in the Power BI world. Yeah. yeah. I, I, at least that's my opinion. I think that's where it's going to go. So... Um, so yeah, I mean, you can have your data model, you know, everything that analysis services does has nice data models, builds relationships between tables. Um, you can write DAX queries, um, and measures that type of stuff. So that, that can all be done through data sets. Okay, cool. All right. What else? Well, Power BI, we just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Power BI. I mean, the nice part, I think really the key takeaway is that, all of this stuff is in one spot. So even your Power BI reports, right? So as you're building your 
uh, your ecosystem and exploring data and trying to build out reports that are actually going to be meaningful and impactful, you can put some of that development into your Synapse workspace so that you don't have to keep jumping over from place to place doing different tasks. It's all right there. It makes it a little bit easier for you. Yeah. Okay. So it's clear to me that you and, and our engineering team really like Synapse. What, what do you think the big advantage of pulling this stuff together in, in this way is? I, I, you know, I think it's, there's a bunch of them, but I think for me, if I was looking at standing up a BI system, you have to make a decision on what technologies you're going to use. Synapse, having everything that you really should need to do BI in one spot, and you don't have to have five different pieces of technology, manage five different, you know, invoice invoices and and pricing and vendors and yep. you know train people on five different things and make it's sure like, they work well together and all that right right and so it just gets rid of all of that so it's all just one thing and you know your life's so much easier yeah that, that makes perfect sense okay anything else we should uh, touch on i don't think so i think i'll, I'll say this is the last point um we for our clients, one of our big concerns is that when we leave, we want to allow them to be able to pick up whatever we stand up for them. So when we're making decisions on what types of technology to stand up, we want to make sure that it's not going to be a huge pain to hire for. Um, so Synapse is one of those decisions, right? Are there tools that might do pieces of what Synapse does better? Sure. But are they going to be able to do everything better than Synapse? Definitely not. So hiring somebody that knows Microsoft tools, knows SQL, um, knows Data Factory and Synapse pipelines, that's going to be an easier hire than finding someone that knows five different pieces of technology right? and the right five pieces, right? Yeah. Someone who knows AWS Redshift and Dell Boomi and, you know, who knows what else. Exactly. You're okay. right. You're starting to look for unicorns at that point. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Good discussion. Thank you, Caleb. Yeah. Thanks, Bert. 